0: We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hopefully your day is going well. It is Thursday. It's been kind of a crazy week. I got to tell you, yesterday was a very bad day if you happen to be a Republican. If you happen to be a Democrat, it was kind of a hilarious day. And actually, the only day that would compare as a bad day for the Republicans would have been Tuesday. Because you see, Kevin McCarthy has been up to be elected to Speaker of the House And he has lost six times, three times on Tuesday, three times yesterday, and they're probably going to get after it again today. Now, we'll talk more about that particular situation in a moment or two, but I've got a couple of emails that I want to pass along. And both these emails are pretty much talking about the same thing, so I'll read them both and then we'll discuss. First one comes from Kim she says so just a quick question since Santos is already talking about being sworn into Congress it got me wondering how can a person who isn't a sworn member of Congress vote for speaker of the house seems a little at odds with fairness to me Kim and then Richard from California said hey Mike hope all is well with you been listening to the podcast for a little over a month now I fucking love it great work dude being a man in my mid-60s, you speak my language. Well, of course I do. I come from the fucking 70s. We were all a little weird in the 70s. But if you're in your mid-60s, clearly you're a young, vital, and virile man. I can relate to that. One question. How the fuck can lying-ass Santos vote for speaker if no one has been sworn in? Keep up the good work, Richard from California. Now, I've been asked this question a number of times, and I did a TikTok answering it. Well, at least answering it to the best of my ability. Apparently, whether they're sworn in or not, they can vote for Speaker of the House. Now, this is on both sides of the aisle. It's not just George Santos. It's Democrats as well. you got to understand how this kind of works out. Now, as of January 3rd, all the people that were in the House of Representatives that either are retired or, or or got beat in their elections are gone. So there's a lot fewer in the House of Representatives. So you've got these others that come in that have been elected, and they haven't been sworn in as yet, but they can vote. And that apparently isn't that odd because this Electing the Speaker of the House happens every time there's a changeover in Congress. This isn't the first time that people haven't been sworn in, uh, voted for Speaker of the House. I mean, think about it. Nobody can be sworn in until there is a Speaker of the House. So whether Nancy Pelosi is running for Speaker of the House or Kevin McCarthy, um, people who have not been sworn in had to vote. So this isn't new. I understand your point. Uh, We have a problem with George Santos. He's a complete fraud. He's not anything like he explained he was. But um, Kim brought up something that was interesting, (laughs) and I find it truly fucking amazing. I mean, here's a guy who lied about everything concerning his life. I think he even lied about his name. So he gets to the House of Representatives, hoping against hope he will get sworn into office. (laughs) And when he gets there on the first day, which was Tuesday, he puts out a press release and says, Well, I'm all sworn in. I'm on the rolls, ready to go, ready to work for my people. Well, the fact of the matter is he wasn't sworn in. Nobody was sworn in. Why would the reputation you have for being a liar, why would the first thing you do when you get to the Capitol is fucking lie to your people? I mean, this guy has no shame or no intelligence or a combination of both because it's just a stupid thing to say. It's kind of funny. If you watch the video of the elections, and I've been watching a lot of it, they will cut away to George Santos from now now and again. And there's George Santos sitting by himself. Nobody dares come near him. They don't want any part of him. They got enough problems in the Republican Party. They don't need his bullshit either. And then occasionally you'll see him walking down the uh, hallways. Uh, Press people will be trying to ask questions. (laughs) What are you going to do about the calls for resignation? What did you lie about? What's your real name? And of course he doesn't say anything. He goes into his office. And I would say to George Santos, I wouldn't get too comfortable in that office. You probably aren't going to be there very long. When this mess with Kevin McCarthy and the Speaker of the House gets straightened out, there's going to be some things coming down on George Santos. Now, you would hope that the House of Representatives will look into this situation and maybe reprimand him or maybe even expel him, given the circumstances. But this is the Republican Party, so we can't count on that. That said, we've got investigations in the state of New York with Letitia James. We've got a federal investigation. We've got Brazil whipping up his, his conviction for passing bad checks or stolen checks. So he's got a world of hurt waiting for it. Being elected to the House of Representatives is just one bright point, but he's doing everything he can to fuck that up as well. It's going to be fun to watch. This guy isn't long for this body, this House of Representatives. He's just too much of a liability, and he's too much of a fucking joke. Now, of course, when you look at some of the other members of the House of Representatives, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Boebert, Paul Gozar, you would say, hey, he fits right in, and maybe he will. But I think some of these criminal investigations might be the things that take him down. So as I said, Tuesday was a bad day for Republicans. Wednesday, yesterday, was a bad day for Republicans. Representative Kevin McCarthy failed again Wednesday to win the House Speaker's Gavel after coming up short of a majority in the 4th, 5th, and 6th votes of this week. A small but determined faction of Republicans in the Freedom Caucus joined all Democrats in opposing McCarthy, leaving the House in limbo for a second day since the institution can't function without electing a Speaker. And I talked about this in a TikTok. For two days, the Republicans have technically been in power. They have not been able to elect a Speaker of the House, which means the House of Representatives is doing nothing. We don't have a lot of time to waste. There's a lot of things that have to be done. Hell, these Republicans need to do some investigations about Hunter Biden's laptop. We're we're burning daylight here. Fuck. <laughs> but these two days, I think, foretell what's to come with the Republicans in the House of Representatives. A whole bunch of nothing. And the reason for that is clearly— the Republican Party, can't get along with themselves. They can't come together to even elect a Speaker of the House, let alone legislate. Now, in a statement on his website Wednesday, former President Donald Trump reiterated his support for McCarthy. Oh, that's going to help. The Freedom Caucus is home to Trump's biggest backers in Congress, but McCarthy's candidacy has split the group, and Trump's endorsement apparently does not help. They won't speak out against Donald Trump. They just don't like McCarthy. And the reason they don't like McCarthy is because they feel like McCarthy's kind of bent to the Democrats, you know, with this new spending bill and some of the other things. I don't know if there was much that Kevin McCarthy could have done, but they hold him responsible for bending to the Democrats. They also hold him responsible for losing the midterms. And let's be honest, Kevin McCarthy is... Uh, sycophant piece of shit. He's gutless. He's not a good choice for Speaker of the House. But he's the only, buddy, only person in this, the House of Representatives for the Republicans that's getting more than 200 votes. Now, that's just more than 200 votes. But keep in mind, this MAGA group, this Freedom Caucus, amounts to 20 people. That's a pretty small percentage when you think that uh, uh, the Republicans have 220 members in the House of Representatives. The Freedom Caucus is 20 people, and those 20 people are holding the rest of the Republicans and the House of Representatives as a whole hostage. Because without them, Kevin McCarthy can't get to 218 votes, which is what he needs to get elected. Now, the anti-McCarthy Republicans threw their support behind Representative Byron Donalds. Before that, they supported Andy Biggs and Jim Jordan. They all got about 20 votes, meaning no moderates were voting for them. And I saw Lauren Boebert being interviewed on MSNBC and with Sean Hannity on Fox News, and they both asked the same question. She kept saying, well, he can't get to 218 votes. <laughs> he should just quit. And they all asked her the same thing. Well, who do you want as Speaker of the House? She wouldn't answer it. She gave some typical MAGA bullshit. And then they ask, well, you're saying he can't get to 218, but he's got 201, 202 votes. You only have 20. The 20 isn't growing. You put up three different people. Who should back off here, you or McCarthy? And, of course, MAGA can't see logic, so they said, well, he's got to get to 218. If he doesn't get to 218, we're going to change everything. And that's that's the thing you have to understand about MAGA and the Freedom Caucus and these 20 people. They're not about fixing anything. They're about creating chaos, creating unrest and uncertainty so they can change a lot of rules within the House of Representatives. Now, the Freedom Caucus has gone to Kevin McCarthy to get him to change some of the rules, and some of them are pretty fucking crazy, like never voting for a a budget, meaning allowing the government to crash so that they can rape and pillage all our quote-unquote entitlements. And even Kevin McCarthy is not stupid enough to do that. See, the problem here is we've got two factions. We've got a small faction of MAGA fucks, but they're just enough to keep Kevin McCarthy from getting to 218. But on the other side, we have the moderates, which is a bigger group. So if he sides with MAGA, then the bigger group is going to shit on him. So either way he goes, he's going to lose. He's really in a tough spot. So the question is, why does he do three ballots on Tuesday, loses? He does three ballots on Wednesday and loses all three, almost by identical votes. Nothing has changed. Why keep doing it? And the thing is, is this is making the Republicans look very bad. It's not making the Freedom Caucus or the MAGA fucks look very good either. I'm thinking Kevin's going to try to ride this out until somebody gives because they're tired of looking stupid. Well, I will tell you this, Kevin. The um, Freedom Caucus or MAGA, however you want to see them, (laughs) <laughs> they don't have any problem looking stupid. We've watched them for six years. They will double down. They will not give an inch because they don't fucking care. So if you're betting them on, on, on uh, waiting the Freedom caucus out, I think you're misled here. Now that said, Now that said, these are Republicans. And one scenario I could see, is that they keep doing this and keep doing this, and then something will have to break. Maybe the Freedom Caucus comes to him and says, we want this, this, and this, and maybe uh, maybe Kevin McCarthy says, all right, fuck it, I'll just do it, just to end this thing and get things working again. That could happen. But what that does to Kevin McCarthy, it pretty much shackles him to MAGA, and... Uh, then what's going to happen, it may impact the moderates who are voting for Kevin McCarthy. Maybe they don't vote for him. But if they do vote for him and MAGA helps him to win, then he's obligated to these MAGA fucks all the way through his term. He's going to have to do some crazy shit. And that is not going to help the 2024 election. So if Kevin McCarthy still gets to be Speaker of the House, I don't think that's a bad thing for the Democrats. Because at this point, after two days and six ballots, they have weakened Kevin McCarthy significantly. They've weakened the Republican Party significantly in the um, in the House of Representatives. So it's going to make them much. It's going to make it much harder for these people to get anything done. Never mind the fact that they're divided and they can't agree on anything anyway. So don't be surprised if Kevin McCarthy does end up winning. They've had some time to negotiate. They've lost six times. They might be willing to give away the store. And if they do that, maybe MAGA will, uh, will acquiesce to them. Only if they have control. And if MAGA has control, then McCarthy will have to do their bidding. And it will be even bigger shit show in the next two years. Now, the interesting thing is, for the first time in history, there have been two black Americans placed into the nomination for Speaker of the House. Representative Chip Roy of Texas said on the floor after announcing he would nominate Byron Donalds. Now, he's a black man. He is a Republican. And the other black man they're talking about is Hakeem Jeffries, who is the Democratic candidate. Interesting to note. That in every election, Hakeem Jeffries has gotten the most votes. If it was strictly on votes, um, Hakeem Jeffries would be the Speaker of the House. Now, here's the interesting thing. If we are in a stalemate with the Speaker of the House and Kevin McCarthy and nobody can get to 218, they could decide to go with a plurality, which would mean whoever gets the most votes. But that's a problem for the Republicans, because at this point, only Hakeem Jeffries is getting the most votes. And then, of course, we would have a Democrat as the Speaker of the House with the Republicans in the majority. That would be weird, and no Republican is going to be able to stand for that Now, a bipartisan standing ovation ensued, but Donald's nomination made no difference to the ultimate outcome. McCarthy lost, and the House still has no speaker. The question is, why did the Freedom Caucus pick Byron Donalds? I mean, these fucking people are notably racist, white supremacist. That's who they support. Why Byron Donalds? And I would say that it's because he's relatively young. He's 44 years old. He's been in Congress uh, for a number of years, but not that long. They probably figure they can control him. And the fact that he's black is a plus because they can say, see, we're not racist. (laughs) But Byron only got 20 votes, and he doesn't have a prayer to be Speaker of the House. McCarthy has added three failed votes to the three from Tuesday, and he could be poised to add more. They may do this all again tomorrow, or today. The House can't do anything before it elects a Speaker besides adjourn. McCarthy has suggested that he's in it for the long haul. Well, it's going to be a long haul unless he can do some horse trading. He said Wednesday before the first vote that it doesn't matter who his colleagues put up against him. I still have the most votes, he told reporters, so we could go through every name in the conference. And they may have to. They've already gone through three different names. Now, in his remarks nominating uh, McCarthy Representative Matthew Gallagher acknowledged that Democrats have mocked Republicans for their disarray, but he said they've misunderstood the process. Sure, it looks messy, Gallagher said. Democracy is messy by design. Well, I've got to agree with um, Mr. Gallagher. This is fucking entertaining, watching these Republicans flip and flop and fucking make themselves look like fools but there's going to come a point where it's not funny anymore and it's going to get serious because we have a house of representatives that's pretty much paralyzed until they come up with a speaker of the house so it's going to be interesting to see what they're going to do and there was a um, scenario i put out there about the democrats coming together with some reasonable minded Republicans and coming up with a Speaker of the House of their own, undermining Kevin McCarthy and the Freedom Caucus. Now, that was just mentioned in passing, but now there's actually a plan, and we'll talk about that in a minute. <clears throat> now, coming into this week, McCarthy knew he lacked the 218 votes to become Speaker, but he said Tuesday that his plan was to continue holding votes until this opposition withered. This sounds a lot like, election fraud, let's go to court and lose in 60 times. And after losing 60 times, still saying, we won, there was election fraud. That approach didn't work as the anti-McCarthy vote grew from 19 to 20 Republicans over the course of three consecutive ballots that day. And on Wednesday, McCarthy did even worse as Representative Victoria Sparts of Indiana voted present instead of voting for McCarthy as she had the day before. Now, that did not work in uh, McCarthy's favor. It did bring down the number that he had to reach down to 217, but because she didn't vote, they were no closer. It didn't really help much. Now, since House Republicans won a mere four-seat majority in November midterm election, It only takes five Republican dissenters to foil a vote if Democrats remain united, which so far this week they have. Like I said, Hakeem Jeffries has said, we're not going to clean up the Republicans' mess. That's their fucking job. Now, as I've said before, McCarthy losing on six separate ballots This is the first time the House failed to elect a speaker on its first ballot in 100 years. Literally 100 years. It was 1923. 1923. But he said he's fine with setting a record for the number of votes needed to secure the position. Now, it's the Freedom Caucus the members Who oppose McCarthy? They say he would be too soft on Joe Biden. They want a leader who would refuse to move legislation unless it's nearly unanimous Republican support, presenting a major obstacle for future fights over approving basic government functions since Democrats control the Senate. This goes back to their strategy from the beginning. They're not about doing anything. They're not about accomplishing anything. They're all about obstructionism. They don't want anything to happen. What they're fighting over now is control of the House. Kevin's kind of in the middle, leading toward the MAGA sect. So he there's a distaste for Kevin McCarthy with the moderates and a distaste for uh, McCarthy with the MAGA group. Now, most of the moderates are voting for, if not all the moderates, are voting for Kevin McCarthy. Not because they think he's a good candidate, but they think, and they're right, that he's really the only legitimate candidate that can get close. They know they can deal with him. He's a known commodity. So that's why they're voting for him. Now, some people are talking about, well, if Kevin McCarthy can't get it, let's bring in Steve Scalise. And I will tell you this, in my personal opinion, and I could be wrong about this, but I'm sure I'm not. Steve Scalise would probably get fewer votes than Kevin McCarthy. There are going to be some moderate people that don't like him. And I listened to Lauren Boebert being um, interviewed. I think it was on MSNBC. And she was asked, do you think you would vote for Steve Scalise? And she said no, and she said no because she thinks all of the leadership should be thrown out and we get new leadership. She sees him as too soft, maybe too liberal, although Steve Scalise has been a big Trump humper through most of his tenure the last uh, six years. So I don't know. I don't know if changing it up is going to work. It may come down to um it may come down to the Democrats having to get something figured out. I don't expect the Democrats to acquiesce and do what the Republicans need to just clean up their mess. If they are going to do something, they're going to have to get something. And if they get something, that's going to change the entire complexion of what goes in on the House of Representatives. If you get a more moderate Republican as Speaker of the House, if that's how it ends up, that's just going to weaken the far right caucus even more. And this is really where the Republicans need to go. They need to try to eradicate the uh, Freedom Caucus or the MAGUS. They got to, because you can see what they do when they have just a little bit of power, 20 people keeping from voting in a Speaker of the House. The Freedom Caucus, or the MAGAs, are the problem child for the Republican Party. you got a majority of the Republican Party that want to step away from Trump and Trumpism and try to regain some normality so they can be taken legitimately in the next election. And they can't do that as long as MAGA is there rearing its ugly head. So they've got to do something. They've either got to beat them at their own game or eventually marginalize them and eradicate them. That's the only hope for the Republican Party at this point. As much as MAGA would like to think the future of the Republican Party is MAGA, is the Freedom Caucus, they're wrong. And I can say they're wrong by just looking at the midterms. There are any number of reasons why the Republicans lost in the midterms, Trump being one, abortion being two, and all the crazy shit that the MAGA people promote in their day-to-day business. So even if the Republican Party said, look, all right, we'll give in to MAGA, they can run the show, you're just going to lose elections. And anybody with any real intelligence understands that. So that's where the fight is. That's where the problem is. When Donald Trump was president, it was easy for everybody to vote for Donald Trump because Donald Trump brought them money, brought them elections. But now for a long time, Donald Trump has been responsible for losing elections and slowing the fundraising going down. As I said, he's become a liability. He's no longer an asset. And while most people have understood that, there's still a small faction of people that maybe don't mind getting rid of Trump, but they want to hold on to Trumpism. They like the racism. They like the misogyny. They like the anti-Semitism. They like the idea of overthrowing the country. So while they may not, uh, as my kids would say, fuck with Donald Trump anymore, they still want to deal with the ideology. They want to be the... uh, I don't know what you would call them. Would you would you call them anarchists? Maybe, I don't know. They're certainly agents of chaos, and that's what it seems like they want to do. And if you think about it, <clears throat> that strategy sounds very familiar. It's familiar to the way Donald Trump does things. Remember when he said to the DOJ, "Hey, listen, just say there was election fraud and I'll take it from there." Because he can deal with the shit show. He can deal with the chaos. And he can try to mold and pull the narrative his way. That's how he's always done business. And it appears as though that's what MAGA is trying to do now. They want the House of Representatives to be a shit show. They know they don't have a majority. But if they can talk loud enough, bully hard enough, and turn it into chaos. Maybe they can slip the power away from people. If they're that one problem child that doesn't let the normal people do what they want to do, maybe the normal people will just give up. That's always what the Democrats have been guilty of. The Republicans will do their shit, shove it in their face, bully them, push them around, and eventually the Democrats would just say, okay, I give up, and then they would get their way. Now, the only way to deal with people like that is to slap them in the face, slap them in the snout, put them down, because if you don't, they're going to continue to do that. Now, in the coming months, we may see that happen, and the Republicans may not have to do anything about it, because with the DOJ and the possibility of indictments coming out, that could decimate the Republicans in the House of Representatives. That could cause them all kinds of problems. But I'm thinking, like Donald Trump, the MAGA folks feel with power they are protected. You know, Donald Trump wants to run for president again because he thinks it'll help him avoid getting investigations and indictments, which isn't true. But I'm feeling like the MAGA fucks in the House of Representatives know they're in trouble, know there's a lot of evidence against them, and the DOJ is just a matter of time before they start handing out indictments. And they probably feel like if they have the power in the House of Representatives then they're safe. The truth of it is, they're not. The House of Representatives has no real control over the DOJ. Now, the House of Representatives does hold the purse strings and they'll always say, we just won't pay them anymore if they don't do what we want to do. That doesn't really work that way. And that's not going to be a problem, but these maga fucks are desperate. They're looking for some way that they can stay alive, and the only and this is why this is why they have no second option. You ask them, well, if you're not Kevin McCarthy, who, who, and they don't have an answer for that. They put up Jim Jordan, Andy Biggs, and Byron uh, this this Byron kid. And none of them got more than 20 votes. So these three are clearly legitimate contenders. So who do they want? They're fighting against Kevin McCarthy. We don't want him, but who do you want? And nobody can answer that question. I'm convinced they don't want anybody. They just want this to be a shit show so they can protect themselves, at least in their minds, and they can try to control the narrative and get this body, this House of Representatives, Working with MAGA as opposed to going the normal route. I'll tell you this right now. It didn't work for Donald Trump. It's not going to work for the Freedom Caucus. It's just a bunch of wasted time, a lot of drama, trauma, trials and tribulations. But it's all going to be for naught. The MAGA group will be marginalized ultimately, and eventually they will be eradicated. That's... That's just what's going to happen. I mean, if you look at Donald Trump right now, he's all but done. He has no power. And who had more power than Donald Trump? Well, it didn't take long for him to lose it. And it won't take long for the Freedom Caucus or MAGA to lose it in the House of Representatives. All right, we'll be right back. Now, whoever ends up being the Speaker of the House, they're going to have a lot of problems. To be perfectly honest, this electing of a Speaker of the House may be the easiest thing they have to deal with over the next two years. Whoever is the Speaker will need to cobble together a functioning body that is willing to govern an exceedingly difficult task, given the Republicans only hold four-seat majority in the lower chamber. Now, if open warfare between conservatives, moderates, and Trump loyalists this week is any sign— The GOP's problems are just beginning. The thing is, it's one thing if they can finally agree on a Speaker of the House. But what about when the bills come or legislation? Are they going to agree then? You've got kind of three factions, conservatives. You've got moderates and you've got the MAGAFox. And what will they come together on? It doesn't seem like there's much they could come together on. And this is what I've said all along. As much as they have a slim majority, they can't count on help from the Democrats. We're seeing that now in this election process for the Speaker of the House. How are they going to accomplish anything? You've got the crazy MAGA fucks that want to burn down the country, and you've got moderates and conservatives trying to get things back to normal. There's really not much wiggle room between these two. There's quite a separation, quite a chasm between these people. The Republicans opposed McCarthy say he won't do enough to stand up to the Democrats and President Joe Biden. There's speaking of McCarthy. They want a speaker who will refuse to pass any bill that lacks full Republican support, even though Democrats control the Senate, meaning no bill can actually become law without Democratic support. But see, this is what they've done for six years. Just block everything. If the Democrats have their name on it, obstruct it, block it, At some point this year, Congress will need to pass bills funding the government and raising the debt limit, allowing the Treasury Department to pay debts Congress has incurred over the years, not just during the Biden years, but during the Trump years as well. Now, McCarthy's opponents have already said they will withhold support from those bills in order to extract major policy concessions from Democrats. So they're going to hold their feet to the fire we're going to shut down the country unless you do this unless you do that and this is how they do business and that way of doing business hasn't worked too well over the last 6 years but still they want to double down and keep doing it and the bottom line is is no matter even even if the democrats were to give in to the magafox in the house of representatives and give them what they want. When it gets to the Senate, they're just going to shut it down anyway. So it makes no sense and nothing gets accomplished. And that's what Republicans have been known for. Let's not get anything done. Now, the whole thing with the, um, the uh, uh, debt limit in this country. We got over one hurdle. They passed something before the Republicans took over the House. So the debt limit, we're good until September. We've got nine months before we even have to deal with that situation. But we know with the Republicans, they never forget. So come September, unless some things dramatically change, and I think they probably will, unless things dramatically change, they are going to fight to shut this country down. They don't care if it hurts Democrats. They don't care If it hurts their own constituents, they want to shut it down. They are agents of chaos. Representative James Comer, Republican of Kentucky, said, I think this is going to be hopefully a good learning experience. The incoming chair of the House Oversight Committee told Huffington Post, we got to figure out how to get 218 votes and it's going to be hard, but it can be done. Representative Kevin Hearn likened the House GOP's quandary to the one Democrats faced four years ago when newly elected progressives threatened to go against the leadership. And that's true. The progressives were talking about going against Nancy Pelosi. But guess what? They worked it out. Nancy Pelosi was elected on the first ballot. So it's really not a good comparison. He went on to say, Democrats figured out how to govern with a narrow majority and will do the same thing. Well, I beg to differ. When you had control in the Senate, you had no idea how to fucking govern. Now, Democrats won a 17-seat majority in 2018 before their margin shrank to four seats in 2020. A key difference between now and then is that McCarthy is no Nancy Pelosi. There is no question. And it's interesting, both McCarthy and Nancy Pelosi are from California. The former Democratic speaker speaker famed for wielding an iron grip over her caucus and publicly rebuking members of the progressive squad several times. It's not clear that any other Republicans could match her by taming a group of lawmakers who are... Bent on watching it all burn down, as I said, McCarthy's strategy so far has been to reward his most inflammatory members with promises of committee seats and turning a blind eye to those people that do and say egregious things. He doesn't have any control over the House of Representatives. He has no business being Speaker of the House, but he's the only fuck in the group that can get 200 plus votes while it's still not enough. And to compare Nancy Pelosi to Kevin McCarthy or any other possible Republican Speaker of the House is absolutely ridiculous. Nancy Pelosi was one of the strongest, most powerful Speakers of the House. And whether it be Kevin McCarthy or somebody else in the Republican Party that is Speaker of the House, they're likely to be one of the weakest in history. Kevin McCarthy is kind of a... I don't know, he's a sycophant, he's gutless. But anybody else who gets the job if it's not Kevin McCarthy has some problems. He can't be powerful or she can't be powerful because he doesn't have a unified party. They can't get anything done. So we will go from one of the most effective speakers of the House and Nancy Pelosi to one of the weakest, and we will see how that works out, not only for the Republicans, but for this country. Now, Democrats disagreed only to the extent to which government ought to help people. Representative Dan Kildee said, They don't have common goals, Kildee said of Republicans. Some of them don't even believe in government having any kind of significant impact on the quality of life for people. They just don't believe it. And, you know, I've had this argument with Republicans before. We need smaller government. We don't want government involved. But apparently you want us to pay a shitload of taxes. Here's my take on this. If you want a smaller government, if you want the government to do less, okay cool. Well then cut my taxes down to about twenty percent of what I'm paying now. I should be allowed to get what I paid for. And if I'm carrying this country, me and all the other middle-class people carrying this country on our shoulders, We should get some benefit from the money and the effort we expend. But somehow the Republicans don't believe that. Yeah, give us all our money. I mean, let's be honest. They talk about tax breaks. They gave a $2 trillion tax break to rich people. They gave us a little tax break. But now our taxes are going up for people under $75,000. And some over $75,000. They didn't tell you that when they told you they gave you a tax cut. So they are doing what they are known for. Taking money from the middle class or the poor and handing it to the rich people. I don't know why that's so hard to understand. But if you do your taxes, you should fucking understand it. You should know it. Now, Representative Chip Roy, a Freedom Caucus member who opposes McCarthy, seemed to revel in the scene on the floor Tuesday. See, that's the thing. Kevin McCarthy and all his toadies are looking asconced at Democrats for taking great joy in watching this shit show in the Republican Party. Well it's not just the Democrats. And trust me, we are laughing about it. I'm giggling my fucking ass off. But it's not just us. It's the people in the Freedom Caucus, the one that's doing this to you. They're laughing at you. They take great joy in causing this consternation and this disruption and this chaos. They love this. They want the attention. They want the TV time. They want the interviews. For Christ's sake, Lauren Boebert was on MSNBC last night. They love this shit. It's not about governing. It's about getting publicity for their cause. So Roy said, this is what the House looks like when everybody is here and we're debating with bodies in the chairs. The American people are watching, and that's a good thing. What we are doing is exercising our rights to vote and have a debate and have a discussion about the future of this country through the decision of choosing a speaker. Yeah, that's the other thing the, the, the Republicans have to have to understand. These elections are a lot like the, a uh, lot like the uh, January 6 hearings. Do you, do you remember the election for Nancy Pelosi when she was elected the first ballot, when she became Speaker of the House for the second time, I believe? Do you remember how that went? Remember how that show was? No, of course you don't. Nobody watched that shit. It was just a a function of the House of Representatives. It was a foregone conclusion. But now, everybody's watching this shit because they heard it's going to be a shit show and they're watching. Now, with all these people watching, this isn't good news for the Republicans because people at large are seeing that they are fucking buffoons, that they can't get anything done. They can't even come together to vote for a Speaker of the House. This is working against the Republicans. Senate Republicans, who have been far more willing to work with Democrats, have seemed impatient with their House counterparts. We need to be able to function as a team. We've got a lot of stuff we need to get done around here, Senate Majority or Minority Whip John Thune of South Dakota told Huffington Post when asked about the House drama. I can tell you. Mitch McConnell and most of the people in the Senate are disgusted by this, both Democrats and Republicans. Right now, the House is essentially frozen without a Speaker. No members can be formally sworn in, no committee appointments can be made, and no rules can be adopted. It's the Wild West in the House right now, as long as they don't have a Speaker of the House. The immediate consequence is is a delay to GOP plans for the new Congress, the passage of new legislation, and investigation of Biden's administration. They had all these plans. I was thinking to myself, I told you this idea before, that I thought it would be funny to start some company without my name being on it and selling merch to Trumplefucks. <laughs> Now, I don't know if they'd want to buy this one, but they have a they have a common battle cry that we've been listening to for at least 2 years. And that battle cry is just you wait. <laughs> when Donald Trump was running for re-election in 2020, they said, "Oh, just you wait. Donald Trump is going to destroy Joe Biden. Joe Biden can't even get people to come out to his rallies. There's no way that He's going to beat Donald Trump. But damned if Joe Biden didn't beat him. And then after the election, they said, well, there's election fraud. Just you wait for January 6th. And we waited. And it was a shit show. But they weren't successful. They didn't get what they'd hoped for. Then in 2022, they all said, oh, there's a red wave coming. Oh, it's coming. It's going to be huge. Just you wait. (laughs) 2022 arrives, nothing. They are embarrassed. They look like fools. The one thing they gained out of this is a slim majority in the House of Representatives, right? And what did we hear them say once they got that small margin, that small majority? They said, oh, just you wait. We're going to get control. Kevin McCarthy, I'm going to be the Speaker of the House, and we are going to get to business. We are going to investigate all these Democrats for all the rules they've broken and Hunter Biden's laptop and all that shit. Just you wait when we get power. Well, they should have taken power two days ago, but they can't elect a Speaker of the House, so they are doing nothing, and this should be an indication of what we can expect for the next two years because they have no unity. They are going to do what they do best, absolutely nothing. At best case, they might obstruct some of the Democratic efforts, but they are going to do nothing, and I'm amazed that they don't have the foresight to understand that this is going to hurt them in the long run. If we go two years and the House of Representatives don't do anything under the control of the Republican Party, that is going to be one hell of a campaign strategy for the Democrats. Well, look at the Republicans. They had a chance for two years. They did absolutely fucking nothing. You need to vote for Democrats in the House of Representatives. But they can't even see that for some reason. They don't fucking get it. I'm willing to set aside these two years that they are in the House of Representatives just to allow them to destroy themselves, to self-destruct, to implode. And they will. And maybe it won't even take the whole two years. Maybe it'll be quicker than that. But this may be what we have to do to finally eradicate the worst of the worst in the Republican Party, the Freedom Caucus or the MAGA fucks. This may be the thing that we need to do to eradicate them. That would do us as a country a favor. That would do the Democrats a favor. But the people that would be most benefited from the MAGA fucks to be eradicated are the conservatives and the uh, moderates in the Republican Party. Because as long as MAGA's is there, they don't have a fucking party. The party does not exist anymore because there is no uni- unity. Now, in two days, in six elections, McCarthy hasn't made any progress. In fact, he's lost a couple of votes. The voting process is expected to resume tomorrow. The House hasn't needed more than one ballot to elect a speaker since December 1923, And back in 1855, the process took 133 ballots. Imagine that. You take three ballots a day, like they have the last two days. You divide three into um, 133, and we're talking about 42 days, something like that. Can you imagine if this extends for 42 days. And in all those 42 days, guess what? Nothing gets done. Nobody gets sworn in. I have a feeling it's going to end before that because somebody will give in or the Democrats will cut a deal with the Republicans and get it done that way. And that's what I'm hoping happens. And since we're talking about that, there is kind of a plan to do that where the—well, at least the Repub- some of the Republicans are talking about this. On Thursday, the Detroit News reported that retired Congressman Fred Upton, a Republican from Michigan— He's entertaining a plan to offer Democrats some degree of power sharing in the House in return for joining with a handful of GOP lawmakers to elect him Speaker of the House in the event the Republicans fail to solve their gridlock with Kevin McCarthy. Now, Fred Opton, I don't know a lot about him, but apparently he may be moderate enough to be uh, uh, palatable for the Democrats, but he's no longer in the House. I think he retired or lost his election or something in the last, uh, he just left office. So he would come in as a non-representative as Speaker of the House, but this could work. I mean, let's be perfectly honest. The Democrats have over and over voted 212 votes for Hakeem Jeffries, the uh, Democrat. Now, the Republicans will never agree to have Hakeem Jeffries win by jumping across the aisle and voting for him. That would be absolute suicide for any Republican to do it, regardless if they're moderate. But the second option was to, as I've said before, take a palatable a more moderate Republican who we could trust and negotiate with. And we would, of course, negotiate with him before we committed to anything. And when I say we, I mean the Democrats. But theoretically, we could say, "Okay, Fred, we'll give you 212 votes. You need to find six votes and then your Speaker of the House. And to me, that would be a great option. That would be outstanding. Because it would piss off Kevin McCarthy. It would piss off the Freedom Caucus, the MAGAs. And once again, the Democrats would have played the Republicans. As much as the Republicans like to try to play the Democrats, I think it's about time that the Democrats turn the table. Now, according to the report, one possible offer Upton could make Democrats is an equal number of seats on House committees. You see, Whoever holds power in the House of Representatives, on each committee, they would have one or two more uh, members on the committees, which would give them more power to do what they wanted to do. What they're suggesting here is to make it so that if you vote for me, I'll give you an equal number of seats on the House committees. And how big a deal is that? Well... We know in the Senate, when we had a 50-50 split, we had an equal amount of people on committees in the Senate. And that did cause us some problems. Now that we have 51 seats in the Senate, we will have more people on the committees making everything run easier. Now, this isn't going to gain us power, but it will take away power from the Republicans. And if what they're saying here is true, Fred Upton is willing to give that up in order to be elected speaker of the house and i think that's a good uh, th- that's that's a good option that's fair that just uh, weakens the republicans a little more and make their whole two years with power in the house of representatives even less powerful so uh, uh, this gang of far right republicans has blocked mccarthy from the 218 votes they did it six times there's no indication that they're going to change their stripes at all. There doesn't seem to be any reason other than they want to create some upheaval, some chaos. Now, Upton's been a long-time relative moderate Republican who retired at the end of the last session. He was one of 10 House Republicans who voted to impeach former President Trump for his role in inciting the January 6 attack on the U.S. Capitol. Only two of those lawmakers, Representatives uh, David Valadeo and Dan Newhouse, are still in office as others either retired or were defeated in their primary with the Trump-backed challengers. So I'm guessing Upton retired because he assumed he would probably lose because he happened to go against Donald Trump. So this is interesting. If the Democrats could cut a deal with some Republicans, six Republicans at least, and bring Fred Upton in, make him Speaker of the House, that would mean you have a moderate Republican and you have a Republican that had enough sense to vote against Donald Trump in the impeachment. I think this sounds like a good idea. I don't know if it will happen, but I'll keep my fingers crossed. That could be the best possible outcome for the Democrats. don't, Don't be mistaken. There's no way Hakeem Jeffries is going to be Speaker of the House. They're just not going to allow that to happen. And even the most moderate Republicans aren't crazy enough to do that. That's like committing suicide. But bringing in Fred Upton somebody who voted to impeach Donald Trump, somebody who is a moderate, somebody who is no longer in the House of Representatives. This could be interesting. Now, the only thing I would say that would be better, they talked about the other two that are still in the House of Representatives. Um, well, actually, that what I was thinking is that, well, Fred Upton would be the Speaker of the House. He wouldn't have a vote so there would be no value in his vote in terms of the majority. But still, the other two that are in there will still have their two votes, so that would be fine. Now, one guy that was in the uh, House of Representatives that we all like or think we like is Adam Kinzinger. Adam Kinzinger is a Republican, he's a conservative, and he was on the J6 committee. Now, a lot of people see him as a hero. Yeah, we'd love to have him in office. No, you wouldn't. If you're a Democrat, you don't want Adam Kinzinger in office. He's a conservative. But he seems like a good guy. He's a young guy. His district got realigned, and it didn't look like he was going to get elected or that he was going to have to run against a long-standing representative as opposed to where he was before. And you're probably thinking to yourself, oh, that poor Adam Kinzinger, what's he going to do now? Well, if you've been in Congress for a while, there are all kinds of opportunities that come for you. Don't worry about Adam Kinzinger or Liz Cheney, for that matter. They're going to be just fine. And it turns out former Republican Congressman Adam Kinzinger was just named CNN senior political commentator on Wednesday evening, his first full day after leaving the House. And this is an interesting job for Adam Kinzinger. We know CNN is trying to take a different approach to what they're dealing with, not so much Democrat. I mean, theoretically, what they're saying they're trying to do is to be more in the middle, not one-sided. But in realistic terms, it seems as though that they are kind of going more conservative. And who better to be a spokesperson on their channel or their cable outlet than Adam Kinzinger? He's got a high profile. Everybody knows who he is. He is a Republican and he is conservative. Now, Kinzinger, is no stranger to the network joined Aaron Burnett on the evening's edition of Outfront, where she broke the news of his hiring. This guy hasn't been out of a job for two days. He's already got a job, and he's probably getting paid more from CNN than he ever did from the House of Representatives. Now former Republican Congressman Adam Kinzinger. He's appearing tonight for the first time in his new role, which is senior political commentator, Burnett said. Congressman, we are really thrilled to have you on board, so welcome. People have seen you over the past couple of years on the January 6th committee, and we're so glad to have you on board. Kinzinger said, well, it's great to be on the team. By the way, thank you. I'm excited. And why wouldn't you be? Actually, I think this is a good spot for Kinzinger. I think he'd be a good commentator. If you look at MSNBC or if you look at CNN, they have a lot of old politicians that are now their senior correspondents. It's not a bad thing. Um, Whether or not we agree with Kinzinger's politics, at least we know he has some integrity. At least we know he's going to be speaking truthfully in his heart anyway. The pair discussed the ongoing battle over who will succeed Nancy Pelosi as Speaker just minutes before the House reconvened after six rounds of votes failed to produce a winner. Kinzinger called on McCarthy to let go of his dream of holding the position. I think Kevin should step aside, he said. I've been critical of him ever since, frankly, after January 6th, his return to Mar-a-Lago, his continuing to try to assuage this caucus. So I think it would be good For the country, if he stepped aside. Now, Kinzinger is a good guy to talk about this because he spent those years in the House of Representatives. He knows Kevin McCarthy. He's worked with Kevin McCarthy. Now, Kinzinger said the best outcome is one where Democrats agree on an acceptable Republican and to court five Republicans to vote with them, Kinzinger added. What that would do is put an institutionalist in the role of speaker. If you look in the past, the speaker's job was really to maintain the institution. And I think the institution and, frankly, the country could use somebody sitting in that position simply saying, here's how the House is going to work, go debate. And I tend to agree with him. As much as I may not agree with his uh, politics, I will agree that it would be kind of nice to have a a Speaker of the House that's a little less partisan. And I'm meaning whether it be Democrat or Republican. They should be kind of the moderator of this whole thing to make sure that the people on their respective parties do their fucking job. And there should be no uh, room for favoritism to anybody, which is what we saw Kevin McCarthy do. We had these people in the Republican Party do some egregious things, and he just turned a blind eye to it. I don't think somebody like Fred Upton or somebody along those lines would do that. He would hold everybody accountable, including Democrats. And that's the way it should be. Uh um, Ken Zinger said, but I think we're going to see a lot more rounds. And frankly, what we need to be watching for is as Kevin makes concessions. And he's going to make concessions because he really wants this. Are there going to be people on his team that start to get upset with those concessions? Now, here's the deal. He's got 20 people voting against him. The most he can have is four people vote against him. That's the only way he can get to 218. So somehow he's got to convince 16 of those 20 people to vote his way, which is going to be a tough job. But even if he gets some of those people to vote his way, I think the group of five, the fucking trolls, the Matt Gates, and the Lauren Boberts, are going to hold strong. So even if he got 14 more votes, those five holding out, would stop it. And I don't think they are concerned about governing or what's right. I think they want to turn this fucking House of Representatives up, up, upside down, and I don't know that he will ever get those five to vote for him. I don't think Steve Scalise will get those five to vote for him. I think they want to draw this out as long as they can, show whatever muscle they think they're showing, and turn everything upside down so they can remake it the way they want it. And the way they want it is a fucking mess. Therein lies the problem with the Republican Party. They aren't there to do their jobs. They are there to gain power and benefit themselves, politically speaking anyway, and they aren't going to let Kevin McCarthy be elected. Now, I could be wrong about that. Maybe they can be um, coerced into doing it, but Kevin McCarthy is going to have to give everything away, which would essentially give all the power to the MAGA fucks, and that does him no good either. So maybe Kevin just keeps doing election after election, having it come out the same way, negotiating. And I love how Kevin thinks, well, we can work a deal with these people. Well, the Democrats have thought that all along with the Republicans. We go into negotiations over a bill and the Republicans will say, take that out, take that out, add this, take that out. And then they still won't vote for it. So if you trust the Republicans to do what's right or what they tell you they're going to do, well you're sadly mistaken, because that is not going to happen. So today, the shit show continues. We'll be watching about watching it, and we'll be talking about it. So stick with us here on the Rational Boomer podcast. I want to thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen to the show. I hope you have a great day, and we will talk to you again later today with Ed, hopefully. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer podcast. <laughs>